Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, invites you to be the informed patient with the podcast that features experts from Central New York's only academic medical center. I'm your host, Amber Smith. Commonly used sweeteners can cause cancer of the liver, according to research conducted recently at Upstate. I'm talking with the lead author of that study, Dr. Andres Pearl. He's a SUNY Distinguished Professor and also the Division Chief of Rheumatology at Upstate. Welcome to The Informed Patient, Dr. Pearl. Thank you, Amber. It's nice to be with you. You and your colleagues published your research in the journal Nature Metabolism, and I wonder what the response has been like from other scientists. Is this the first paper to show that sugar substitutes can cause liver cancer? This is the first paper, and we were ourselves surprised uh, how effectively we could block the development of cancer by eliminating the sugar from blood and other tissues of these mice, but this also has relevance for human subjects. Have scientists suspected this connection for a while, and have they been looking for proof of this, or is this something brand new? Uh, this is brand new. I have been suspecting this for a long time. And we uncovered many, many years ago that these sugar alcohols uh, accumulate in mice and human subjects that lack this enzyme. And we uncovered that these human subjects develop fever disease. First, we found it in mice that 50% of mice that lack the enzyme have liver cancer. And subsequently, human subjects, mainly children, found to develop a very aggressive liver tumors at this enzyme deficiency. But nobody directly linked the accumulation of the sugar alcohols to cancer. He also uncovered that another enzyme called aldose reductase is highly overexpressed. He did know that aldose reductase generates the alcohols from the sugars in the absence of aldolase. So we published a paper on the subject that transaldolase deficient mice developed liver cancer in 2009, which was 14 years ago. And in this paper, we showed that sugar alcohols accumulate in these mice. This other enzyme, aldose reductase, is also overproduced in the mice. And later on, human subjects were found that also lack transaldolase and developed liver but they were unsure whether the accumulation of the alcohols was actually driving the cancer. We suspected that the overactivity of another enzyme was contributing to the accumulation of the sugar alcohols. So then to find out whether this other enzyme contributed to the development of cancer, we generated mice that lacked both enzymes, both aldose reductase and transaldolase, and those mice did not develop cancer, and they did not accumulate sugar alcohols. So this other enzyme, aldose reductase, converts the sugars that accumulate in the absence of transaldolase. The other enzyme converts them to sugar alcohol. That apparently is highly carcinogenic. That's what we discovered in mice, but this also applies to humans, because humans who lack transaldolase also accumulate these sugar alcohols to the same degree as mice do. I want to ask you some more specific questions about your work. 
But when a finding like this comes out and is published in a prestigious journal like this, do scientists congratulate one another or are you more competitive? Uh, that's a good question. I, I did get a few congratulations, but not too many. Or maybe others expect that this to happen. Or I don't know what they think. Question is actually interesting. Well, please tell us more about how your study was designed. What sweeteners did you focus on? So we did not focus uh, on sweeteners specifically. We knew that these alcohols accumulated in these mice. And uh, we suspected that the generation of the alcohols uh, was mediated by the other enzyme, aldosidoctase, which was overproduced. And we thought that these the accumulation of the sugar alcohols contribute to the disease, but we didn't know if it was contributing to the cirrhosis that prevents cancer, or it was also contributing to cancer. We only found this out when aldosidoctase was inactivated and the mice no longer made the alcohols and they no longer developed cancer. So that indicated to us that these alcohols, actually the sugar alcohols, induce cancer. Subsequently, we also treated cells in vitro cancer cells, and we found that they highly over uh, proliferate if you feed them with sugar alcohols in vitro. So the sugar alcohols themselves induce cancer cell proliferation. And we also used inhibitors of aldose reductase, not just genetically inactivated it, but treated cancer cells with drugs that can inhibit this enzyme, and they inhibit the proliferation of cancer cells. So we do know that not only genetic inactivation of the enzyme can prevent cancer, but very, very likely inhibiting the enzyme with, with drugs can also inhibit cancer formation. So these two enzymes that you keep mentioning, the transolidase and the aldose reductase, do healthy people have both of these enzymes in ample supply? Yes, normal people have both of these enzymes in ample supply. And uh, one can imagine that through the generation of sugar alcohols, aldose reductase could contribute to cancer formation. On the other hand, uh, transaldolase protects from cancer. So individuals who lack transaldolase develop liver cirrhosis and cancer. So this enzyme protects from the and we also uncovered that this enzyme also protects from Tylenol-induced failure, the leading cause of acute liver failure in humans. We found in another study that people who develop liver failure due to Tylenol overdose, a great percentage of them lack transaldolase. At least the one allele of the enzyme is mutated in those individuals. So this enzyme deficiency also predisposes to thyroid-induced liver failure, and the inactivation of aldose reductase also protects from thyroid-induced liver failure in mice. So we can presume that in human subjects who develop liver failure due to thyroid overdose, inhibiting aldose reductase may also be helped. This is Upstate's The Informed Patient Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Smith. I'm talking with physician scientist Dr. Andres Pearl. He's a SUNY distinguished professor who led research recently that showed how sweeteners can cause liver cancer. So what do these sugar alcohols 
do that leads to cancer of the liver? And I know that it involves the enzyme as well. So sugar alcohols, we don't know exactly how they cause cancer. To answer your question flatly, but we have some suspicions they might do. Sugar alcohols create osmotic pressure in the cell. When, when the cells are exposed to alcohols rather than sugars, they cannot be metabolized, not as readily as sugars. And the alcohols themselves cause osmotic pressure that turns turn on genes that mediate cell proliferation. And so one of these genes are, are called junk or JNK. So these genes uh, uh, promote DNA replication, cancer proliferation. So I think the osmotic pressure that they create is, is what drives carcinogenesis. This is a very crude answer and much more details need to be discovered. Would this only be a concern in the case of that J and K gene? So this junk gene or J and K is involved in most cancers. So it is possible that activation of these genes so through osmotic pressure contributes to many forms of cancer. In fact, in our paper, we showed that inhibiting adult reductase also blocks the proliferation of breast cancer cells. So this mechanism of uh, enhanced carcinogenesis by sugar alcohols may not be limited to liver cancer. Our model was limited to liver cancer. This mechanism may apply to other forms of carcinogenesis. And the sugar alcohols we're talking about are found in sorbitol and erythritol? So sorbitol and erythritol are sugar alcohols. These accumulate in the absence of transalulase. There is one additional alcohol that we detect, highly, which is highly accumulated, called sadoheptitone, which means that it has seven carbons that make up the sugar. Carbon is, uh, you know, coal. Main ingredient of coal is carbon, that's an atom. And the sadoheptitone has seven. The sorbitol molecule has six carbons, erythritol has four carbons. And these carbons are actually formulated in our body by a pathway called the pentose phosphate pathway. That's where these two enzymes are functioning in our body. The autos reductase and the transalulase are part of this pathway that generates sugars that contain various numbers of carbon atoms. So the erythritol, which is used as a sweetener, very commonly, or sorbitol, had four or six carbons. So these sweeteners, which are on the market and are in different products now, do you think the FDA needs to reconsider whether these products containing these should be sold? Uh, absolutely. Uh, so the reason that they found them to be safe is that they cannot be detected in normal individuals, but they have not been measured in a tumor environment. So nobody knows to what degree they are available to tumor environment. And from our study, it's very clear, a very high level of them drives cancer. Whether or not consuming these sugar alcohols can achieve that concentration, Anywhere in our human body is a matter of uh, uh, further discovery. 
it's unknown whether these concentrations that we detected in our suddenly sufficient mice can occur in human beings who just consume these sweeteners. But one can assume if somebody has a predisposition that will be greatly enhanced by consuming these alcohols. So whoever is drinking these sugar alcohols is taking on a greater risk of cancer development. Well, compared with artificial sweeteners, does regular sugar, does that pose a threat to the liver the same way? Uh, the quick answer is yes. It, it turns out that sugars, especially refined sugars like glucose, for example, support uh, cell proliferation in a much robust and potentially toxic way than, than other uh, carbohydrates or, for example, fat. Fat can be burned much more effectively through mitochondria than sugars, which tend to preferentially go into glycolysis, which is a pathway more commonly used by cancer cells. It, sugars in general are not healthy and they support, at least in the liver, a potentially abnormal growth. On the other hand, do need sugar for the brain to work. Our brain cells depend on sugar. That's the main source of energy for brain cells. So deprivation of humans from sugar or sources of sugar is probably not something that we should aim. But limiting sugar might be helpful in general, especially thinking about limiters. Now, your work on this particular study was done in laboratory mice. So I wonder, is it going to be replicated in humans at some point? Some of some aspects of this work has been conducted in human. So others have measured the sugar alcohols in patients who lack transaldolase and they highly accumulate. They also accumulate in human subjects who develop liver cancer and lack transaldolase. So very clearly this is present in subjects who have liver cancer and transaldolase deficiency. Uh, nobody has studied the ex expression of all those reductase in these individuals. However, all those reductase is known to be overexpressed in all kinds of liver cancers, including those where transaldolase is not deficient. So the overexpression of all those reductase is very clearly a driver of liver cancer outside the deficiency of uh, transaldolase. So inhibiting all those reductase could be a very general mechanism of blocking liver cancer in general. And if he, if, if he believed that that inhibits cancer, the mechanism of that involves diminished production of sugar alcohols. So I must say that sugar alcohols drive liver cancer in general, probably outside transatolism. After seeing these results, have you and your colleagues removed things from your diet that contain added sweeteners? Actually, from one of my technicians in the lab, his name is Joshua Lewis, and he greatly contributed to this work because he is genotyping these mice, uh, told me last week that he actually tried to lose weight. He actually is relying on sugar alcohols, and he has many uh, brands that he's chatting with on the internet, and they use sugar alcohols for achieving weight control, which may work at this potential cost. So I, I believe that he will be 
removing this from his diet. I personally have not used sugar alcohols, not at least knowingly. I believe that people should cut this out of their diet. Dr. Pearl, thank you so much for making time for sharing this with us. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. Thank you. My guest has been Dr. Andres Pearl. He's a SUNY Distinguished Professor and the Division Chief of Rheumatology at Upstate. He also teaches and does research in biochemistry and molecular biology and microbiology and immunology. The Informed Patient is a podcast covering health, science, and medicine brought to you by Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and produced by Jim Howe. Find our archive of previous episodes at upstate.edu slash inform. This is your host, Amber Smith, thanking you for listening.